Welcome to the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Sauer. We got Jim, Jimmy McCormick here of ESPN to talk some August basketball. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. And like you said, this is the desert of uh, of the NBA season. Like, I don't think there's an off season. It's just like one long, you know, endless year. And this is like the we're just staring at anything. Like, this is the Markel Fultz. Like, and I'm a Markel Fultz like apologist back in the day. But I'm saying this is like the Markel Fultz video time of the season. You know what I mean? This is like this is the Instagram jump shot time of of the year. I remember seeing Ben Simmons jump shots, Carmelo Anthony, and you at Team USA. All this it's, stuff. It's time it's, it, to it, talk. It's, it's thirsty time. Right? Thirsty time. time. I know. So part of this, why Jimmy's on the podcast, partially is I heard him on the Harris Football Podcast talk about football because fantasy football is rolling up, and I'm really happy about that. But uh, there was a lot of basketball talk coming from Jimmy, and I'm like, we need to talk some basketball, and it was fantastic. I thought that would be perfect time to have him on, and we actually had some really cool topics today. We'll obviously talk a little Philly and a little Suns, because that's what we do, um, but also some general NBA stuff, and uh, we actually have some lists of the top five um, players that we kind of want to see in the new environments or think they're going to break out. It's going to be a really interesting list, how we break those down, so stay tuned for that. Um, first of all, let's talk some Philly stuff. As NBA, we had a lot of people move, some stars move in this uh, league this year. It's pretty crazy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's wild. Just like, um, what was it? Like, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it was like the 2017 All-Star team that 17 of the 24 players on that team have changed teams since then. Yeah, I mean, like, what is it? Only, like, Steph Curry, a couple of random people have actually stayed on yeah, the team. It's like, like the Warriors. Yeah, and- Yes, the Warriors and it's guys who like were, you know, all stars then too that like are now still on their teams. It's it's a strange list. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy because it's not just like, okay, people started moving. I'm listening to all these other podcasts and trying to really get into the, the mind of what's happening. It's this kind of player empowerment thing that people are talking about. And it's shorter contracts, it's 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 almost the here's here's the, the analogy. It's that ring chasing is now not just for the ring chasers. It's for everybody, and they're chasing rings in a way that is combined with the super team thing. That's what I. Think. Well, and you don't have to, and you don't have to sacrifice. And yeah, like 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 I agree with you. Like player empowerment is an all time high, and team team brokering now is an all team high, yeah. right? Like kind of like like I understand that they're both huge markets. So how many lessons can we take from them? But like. What the Clippers and Nets did do institutionally, right, was prepare themselves as like a core that was ready to support a star. Yes. Like like meaning they were good enough to make the playoffs in their respective conferences, but not good enough to like penetrate any meaningful levels of those conferences, but they sold themselves like don't get me wrong, being in Brooklyn and having this open book, like it matters that you're in this big city in this mm-hmm. huge market. And that all matters. But what I'm trying to say is I still do think the coordination that they were able to pull off both those cities does still reward team building. I still do think one of the great lessons was that team building was rewarded there. You know, like, at least I'd like to think so. Maybe I'm delusional. But, like, you know, like, um, the Lakers pulled off their deal, but otherwise they really weren't able to just, like, juice the brand anymore past that. And Mm. not that I'm, like, so happy that they – well, I am. (laughs) But, I mean, I just – me too. But not even in a Schadenfreude way. Not like I'm like anti-Laker. I'm certainly Suns fans are anti-Laker. And I understand that. <laughs> like I'm anti-Laker too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, don't forget. 
The Sixers in 1983 swept the Lakers. They swept that healthy Lakers team. Nobody <laughs> I mean, remembers that. Everybody who's not in 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 the in in literally in LA and also not a Clippers fan is anti-Lakers. Everybody. Okay, I just want to let everybody know that like the 1983 Sixers swept the healthy Lakers. Okay? Oh yeah. Just so everybody knows, like no, there's no other sweeps in the 80s. Like <laughs> in any case, um, all I'm trying to say is is that there is something to be said about. Um, Team building, I thought that was one small lesson of this season, but also just like that's not even true because the overall theme, like you said, was kind of chaos and movement. Like for example, if not to segue into into the, the, the Philly thing, but like with Butler, like I respect, I really do respect the fact that like this was Jimmy Butler's first time that he was on an open open market, mm-hmm. like where he got to choose where he wanted to go and he didn't want to come to Philly. And like I kind of had a couple, I had my ear, like I had a couple. Like, like feelings that he wasn't going to be the guy that stayed. And I think it came down to he really just does want to be the guy. Yeah. And people can make fun of him and say, like, he's, you know, not a winner. And he talks about winning. But, like, he does want to win. But he wants to win the way he wants to win. Yeah. And that's how a lot of these guys want to do it. And he didn't want to win in this subjected kind of strange, odd fit. And the Philly thing was always going to be an odd fit with him. But it still was going to work, I think. I still think it had the potential to work. But it's also, like, gasoline like he's a volatile player and now like not to answer or or, you know go over too indulgent in the philly thing but like a lot of those chemistry problems like were they kind of went the opposite way character wise is what i'm trying to say in terms of how they treated their locker room like going from what would have been jimmy butler and potentially a difficult fit and then now don't get me wrong there's still a lot of odd stuff going on in philly like with Jim, with with, with with Simmons and all those things. I'm just trying to say, chemistry-wise, I think a lot of those questions have been answered because Horford's like, I literally, Come I'm in. here to fit in like glue. And Josh Richardson's there to be like, you know, like the wing version or the two version of like a Covington. Yeah. I think that, it's interestingly, I just found a parallel. I mean, there's a parallel between, because I've actually heard people say what you just said about Butler, about Carmelo Anthony. It's the same type of thing. And the funny thing is there's maybe five players who get to have their cake and eat it too at a time in the league. Yeah. And yeah. Jimmy Buller and Carmel Anthony are just below that where you can be almost, for lack of a better word, delusional enough to think that and yet not be able to right. live that out. No, I mean, that's a great, honestly, that's, I think, an important way to put it. And like... And so, like, I don't want to come off like I am a Philly fan, but I, I don't think I'm as cynical as maybe some of the Philly fans who are like, I'm going to be mad at Butler for choosing his destiny. Because I kind of felt like this sounds like corny because in, in, in hindsight, they were able to flip it in. Like, it ended up being, like, almost ideal because he wanted – it's very obvious. Like, tampering, like, has been going on forever. Like, <laughs> the, the real rule – the real rule, I think what people really understand, just to give your listeners an insight, like – the real rule is that, like, once, like, there's the, the combine, it's open game. Like, meaning, like, because then there's only two teams left. It's the finals. Yeah. And, like, if your guy's a free agent, he's not really yours. Like, it's kind of a silly idea. It is. You know what I mean? Like, if he's truly a UFA. Now, if you're talking to my guy who's a, who's under contract, like, you're the Lakers, and you're yeah. trying to talk to Anthony Davis two years before, a year before, you know, that's corny. Yeah. That's tampering. But I just, I think... So to, to, to reshuffle, I'm all over the place, but my point is to get back to the Sixers is that I think like weeks and weeks ago, weeks ago, Eric, I think that the, the Elton Brand and Jimmy Butler both knew that they were going to like divorce essentially. Yeah. And, and I think like – I think they both mutually found out that Miami was the best fit because the Sixers could gain an asset and he could end up being the truly the guy. 
See, I think Jimmy is young enough and takes care of himself enough. And like you say, as interesting like, like your comparison, you know, like my comparison was as a Philly fan. What? He's got a little bit of to to him. Ooh, uh, yes. Like, 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 and you know what's funny? I was at, I went to a lot of games this year, and like he was, he sat courtside and was like Jimmy Butler's guest this year. And like, I'm not even like, but like they're kind of weirdos. You know? So much like, irony, they're, man. They're these like they're these actively empowered mercenaries who don't mind being a mercenary, right? And are no, but at all times think that they're there to like empower your system. Like at all times, they think they're like the plutonium that's gonna like back to the future your team. You know what I'm saying? Like they at all times think that they can hyperdrive your engine. And Jimmy Butler really is a very excellent player. I'm not here to disparage him, but like to remove his age curve and any of the of the other risks. And I'm not here. Like Josh Richardson's not Jimmy Butler, yeah. but just that exchange was amazing because I don't think Sixers fans appreciate enough that like. There could have just been a Woj tweet or a Shams tweet that could have just said a Shams tweet that could have just said um, Jimmy Butler's joining Kawhi Leonard in L.A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you get nothing. You get like a Krispy Kreme donut, dog. Like, you you don't get anything. I mean, I like, think the biggest thing about Philly right now is that they fit much better. Like, for me, always it's going to be a weird fit with Simmons and Embiid on the same team with whoever you try to put around them. It's almost impossible sure. to build around that in one sense. Um, in another sense, they're both talented, so it's not that hard. And they're both tall, and they're both good at basketball. Um, but I think that definitely when they had they had Harris, um, Butler, Embiid, and Simmons together, you're like. I, like one at one is I haven't paid super close attention. Have they? They couldn't pay all four of them, could they? Like they're they're actual what they were asking for. One of them they're had all to go. Paid. I mean, everybody's paid besides Richardson. Like like all all members are are paid their like full due for four years. Like it's the first time there's continuity. The only contract that comes up soon is in two years. Richardson will opt out. But I'm saying and they couldn't. Play. They couldn't afford Jimmy Butler and Harris. They could have, but it would have been right at the apron. Yeah, that's gross. And yeah. they would have been only operating on um, exemptions like the MLE, the like the, you know the, the the full MLE, and but they would have gotten close to the apron to the point where they would have even hit that eventually. I mean, they you... might not have been so. Yes, that would have been their team forever. Um, I guess I'm just a little bit of an optimist and a Sixers fan. Like, here's my other thing too. Like, I wouldn't pay Tobias Harris $180 million if he was my second best player. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, but, like, he's interesting. Not. He's and, not, and, yeah. And there's, there'll be times that he has to be, but like he, the more important thing is his job is to be this efficient scorer, which we know he can be. Yeah. Um, and, and the Simmons thing, not to, like, be a complete, like, apolo- like Homer, but, like, the Simmons and Bede thing, like, I know the fit doesn't seem like it works, but, like, the first year they played together, right, it was, like, mm-hmm. a lot of minutes. It was, like, 900 minutes or something, bless her. Together, the first year, uh, sixteen seventeen, they were ninety ninth percentile in net rating together. Like I mean that that top five with Redick and everything was like unstoppable for a while. I'm just talking about those two. I'm yeah. talking about those two though. Like and then and then last year those two was like plus nine point something, and it was like ninety fourth percentile. So like even though the fits wonky because they're tall weirdos, they actually end up beating you at basketball a lot. And like. Well, they're both over 6'10". They're both good at basketball, so it makes sense. Here's another thing that I think happens, too. I think, like, no narratives get a little bit exhausting for us. And, like, it feels like the Sixer story is almost a little bit exhausting already. And it's like, <laughs> they've only played, like, two years together. Yeah, and the weird thing is, like, they were they were ridiculous, as you know, four, drib- four dribbles or four uh, bounces, bounces away from literally doing much better. It's more than that, even, though. Like, I was at game four, right? And, mm. um... 
not to like play full revisionist, but like the Sixers were up four points with like a minute left, and Embiid turned the ball over twice, and Harris went two for fourteen from three that game. And it was just this, like, abomination of a game. Um, Embiid went one for four from the free throw line in the last two minutes. And they just, like, pooped the bed, for lack of a better word. And they literally had the game. And the Kawhi just went and took it. Like, I was there. He just took it. And, like, props to them. They took it. But that literally, that game was, like, it was at the point where it was like an eighty-eight percent, like win, win percentile kind of situation yeah. where the Sixers needed to make a free needed to make a free throw or two, and the game was over. And then they would have been a three-one. But guess what? That's not how that works. Like they didn't finish, they didn't close, and they ended up seeding the series. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there's a lot of lessons that they learned from that series, and I don't think anything's perfect. I think they adjusted on the fly as best they could, but I think the Al Horford thing is the idea the idea isn't as much how does he fit with Embiid it's the idea is that how do other teams counter that we have that not we but the Sixers have the best center on the floor at all times yeah and the, and the, they can they can mix things up and I just I just think they fit better now and they can kind of settle in and get moving because I think they they got some really good talent and with the way they're uh, gonna run trust uh, me the ball's gonna move they're yeah. really gonna run and like I know they're going to miss like the ISO. Don't get me wrong; like those things are real. They're going to miss JJ shooting, yes, and they're going to they miss they're going to miss um, Jimmy's creation. But you know, in the, in the net aggregate, it sounds crazy. J, you know, JJ uh, Josh Richardson shoots a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. He, you know, uh, so here's a fun stat, real quick. My last, only stat in the Sixers: Josh Richardson made 164 threes last year. Jimmy Butler made 67 threes. That makes sense. Jimmy That's, Butler can't shoot threes. <laughs> well, I know. I but mean, he, he can, but. Well, the other thing too is that if you're like, if, you know, you're a fan of a team, you understand your team system, and like you'll see this with Monty Williams. So I can, I can once we get to the Suns, I can talk about Monty Williams and kind of what I know about him and and, and his Sixers, uh, you know, impression because mm-hmm. he was the head of he was the Sixers defense offensive coordinator, and so he helped run the Sixers team. And like, it's a lot about moving the ball around. It's about like it's a very Spursian. Like the best shot is the is the it's like it's almost like. The, 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 the Saints in football, like the best pass is the open pass, not yeah. the best player. Yeah. And so long story short, like the ball jumped a lot when when Simmons was unfettered and but then Jimmy got there and it slowed down and that's okay, but just watch. I really think I'm excited about the Suns is what I'm trying to say okay. because I think taking the ball out of out of Booker's hands will be the best thing for Booker ever. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you just go to it? Let's do it. Let's do some Sun stuff. I I don't hate that. <laughs> Well, I just think that, like, not that, like, you needed to not him have the ball, but, like, I think, like, Harden, like, having him be, like, like the Harden kind of role, like, just, hey, here, do everything, kid, is a lot. And I think he is super, super talented. And I also want to see him, um, he's so young. That I really want to see him really develop the off-ball game a lot. And now that he's with an actual pure point guard, and I, I don't think this is the best, like, ceiling play, but I don't think that's what this is, like, the, the Rubio thing. I think it's about getting a legit pro who's going to make the right passes and get these guys in the right places. Mm-hmm. And sure. I also think it's a little bit of a bet on this passing thing that Monty has going. I think your ball's going to move a lot in a good way. Like, I don't think you're going to want the ball to stop a lot. And I think Aiton is a much, like, I think Aiton's secret skill that, like, the public doesn't talk about about enough is his passing. He can pass. He can screen. He can roll. He's, like, a good offensive player. Like, he does things that, like, create offense. Mm -hmm. But whatever we want to talk about his defense, like, I mean, that's the biggest, obviously, the elephant that eventually is the Suns figuring out defense. But for now, and we can get that later because I have a note about 
just think offensively, there's much more kind of like of a, um, a brain to it. And I'm not saying it was dumb before, but I'm saying like now I think there's kind of like, like I, I don't like the way that Warren was to, like dismissed or whatever, but I do like, like the guys you have now, like Dario. And when I, I can speak for Dario. Like I, I watched him play. He's at his best, man. Like, he, the ball doesn't stay in his hands. It goes to the best place. He's either going to shoot it or give it to the best player. Not the best player, but like the best move. And if you're going to put enough of those guys around, like around Booker and around Eaton, there's just going to be some fun, good jazz kind of basketball. And I don't mean Utah jazz. I mean like, you know, basketball like on, the, jazz. on the fly, fun basketball. And like seven seconds or less type stuff. Like the Suns fans are very sophisticated. They've seen a lot of really good basketball. And I'm just trying to say like I think – I think uh, Booker is going to best thrive when his arsenal gets a little deeper, and I don't think he's had enough of the off-ball stuff is my thing, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's going to be really good off-ball. He is so good off-ball, but he's never had a real chance to do that. And I think Rubio's going to be perfect for that. People who... cut, and you know what I mean? Like, he's a big guy. Booker's big. He's he's, 6'7", like, yeah, he's... So, but he plays like a guard. I'm just trying to say, like, I'm really excited to see him be able to flex that bigger bag, kind of more like a Beal kind of thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, where he's not like the Beal of last year, you don't try to say that, the ideal of that, like yes. the idea that like a combo guard who trends more towards the two skills, like it's just a very rare set, like there's not many of these human beings alive like, who can shoot the way this guy does and dribble the way this guy does, it's, I'm excited for him not to have to carry, like here's what here's the, the analogy, he's like Jordan Spieth if he had to carry his bag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's like it's like it's like it's like come on, can we get this guy like can we get this guy a caddy? Like, so now we have Aaron Baines, we have at Keith Kelly Ub- you Ubre. You see that's good. You need a cop. And Dario, yeah, and Dario and Ricky Rubio. And Dario's just, a little bit of a cop too. Yeah. yeah. So there's like there's toughness, there's a lot more NBA level players. You're only actually you're finally, I've been saying this for so long, they're actually only going to be, like, basically developing a couple players, finally. Yeah, it's not going to be an entire... Um, college team. System. Yeah, college team. Yeah, it's not just a, a, yeah. a system. Um, uh, which leads me into, like, I don't know if you want to, like, whenever you want to go into those players, but one of those players that I have is a son. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do those in order. We'll start, we don't start that now. Yeah. I could talk sons forever. No, we'll probably get back to it. But let's do, the, let's do the things. Why don't you start? So basically, what I tasked us with was kind of sure. talking about um, kind of the environment or in a sense I was saying off, off the air here before we started that I wanted to talk about kind of most improved players. But it ended up being when I did it more of a thought of these players in different environments, I'm really intrigued to see this happen with this player in this environment. Um, I think it sounds like Jimmy took it in a slightly different uh, way, which I am super happy because of the difference in it and the versatility, and we can really riff on some interesting players. So why don't you take away with your first one? Sure, yeah. So like the note that Eric sent me like off air was like about evolution, right? And so I took that as like young, kind of, and also... Um, just like an archetype that I like, like who are players that I saw kind of brimming near the end of the season that I think are ready to take a step. And one of the, my first guy that I'll nominate is John Isaac um, with the Magic. I just think like he has his hands everywhere. Um, he's his off ball. He's just he he's, he very much epitomizes this new NBA where like he can affect two or three things at once on a defensive possession. Um, and offensively, there's a lot to go. And or mag- the Magic are strange. Like yes, they are. They just 
they're, they're just like huge and strange. And like, I'm a Sixers fan, and my team's huge and strange. But like, they just don't have enough, I think, diversity of skills. Like, I'm not sure exactly where they all fit because yeah. they just spent all their money on Alfred Camino and they drafted. I like Okiki, but like, it's just like they have, they're like, like the Knicks of Florida. <laughs> like, they have, they just have too many power forwards. But long story short, I think Isaac is a really exciting prospect. And I think he's one of these guys who, like, that year like you know you guys know just like i know like Fultz was a bust like josh jackson like like um lonzo like all these guys have changed teams you know what i mean mm-hmm. and isaac was this random one i think that was just kind of the gem of that class in a sneaky way like him and fox yeah and uh, and i just think that like isaac is a guy who we might be talking about as like a special player not that long from now like not in the Jared Jackson sense he's not that good but like in that swiss army knife what a cool player kind of way jared jack Jared Jackson. Oh, Jared Jackson. Jaren Jackson. Okay, I was like, Jared yeah, Jackson. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I would never say Jared Jack. I'm sorry. Jaren Jackson. <laughs> oh, Jared Jackson Jr., yeah. JJJ. Yeah, JJJ. JJ. Okay, awesome. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for sure. I'm going to go a slightly different direction. So I thought kind of environments I'm intrigued to see, like the next evolution of this player. Um, obviously, this is – I picked much more stars, and I, that's why – if I, sure. I didn't have time to really kind of dive into some players, I maybe we should do a podcast sometime just of interesting non-All-Stars. But I'm really intrigued to see what Steph Curry is post-Dynasty. Especially no KD, no Clay for most of the season, or at least half of it. What is, now that there's super hype on Curry, like he's going to be carrying things. He's, it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be amazing. But it's going to be so interesting. It's going to be. I cannot wait to see what that looks like because their team isn't like great. Like he's just like it's. There's no. There's no question. But like I want. I can't wait to see it. I just want to see what it's like. I want to see what's different about it from the like 2016. Do you remember 2016? But they don't have as good of a team as 2016. That doesn't matter. Do you okay. remember when Steph was just shooting for oh, 40 def- feet? Was like a- I very much do. <laughs> that was a so like, great like, year. I, I, don't think, I think that guy still exists. Like, okay. I'm not trying to say he's superhuman, but he's a little bit of an alien. Yeah. And I think they have a lot of that stuff down. Like, yeah. And that kind of makes it interesting because the, like, the top six of the West is like exactly the same. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. Like It's a gridlock. I'm just trying to say I agree with you, though. It is an incredibly compelling name to bring up, and it's like... Um, so like I just I, I just finished reading the Jordan Rules like, like for a second time. It's a great book. I suggest anybody reads it. It's, a, it's like from like the nineteen ninety one Bulls, like Jordan's mm-hmm. first championship. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of talks about like the odyssey of team building and like how like how hard it is to get there. Yeah. And like it makes you respect like what Steph's put together, but it also makes me think about like kind of some of the times the stages are these moments like when like you're just on the solos like. I don't think I don't. What I'm gonna say, I don't think it's lost on Steph at all. Mm-hmm. What this could mean for his legacy if he comes out and it's like, yeah, you know what, we're the third seed because I'm Steph Curry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's impossible that he averages 35 points and it's just like, I got you. That I cannot. I want to see that so bad. Oh my gosh! No, look, no, look. The West is a bloodbath. So I'm not even talking about the third seed. I'm just talking about like him coming out really very hard and esque, like yeah. in the sense where like they're like they're floating around the five and the four seed all season just because he's a killer. Which shouldn't happen because everybody else has more deep players and they don't. But if Dre, if Dre is is eating avocado and not like you know not Taco Bell, yeah, like, that'll be better. <laughs> Because playoff Dre like was a real thing, and it's not just a theory. It's more just like he was rounding into shape. He had a Derek Coleman year where like he came into shape like on like the the game forty two plan, which was called "I'll be ready by game 42. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
so did Harden at least last yeah. year or the year before. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like the every other plan. Like I'll try, like every other time. And so, you know, long story short, it's a super exciting name. I think that's great. I'll go to my next one. Absolutely. And and, and again, I st- I stayed pretty young, and and um, this is a strange one. But it's it's we talked about like uh, different places. You mentioned different places, like Delon Wright, right? Oh yeah. This is a strange one, but I really like Delon Wright because here's why I like Delon Wright because he doesn't match the new NBA's like like theoretical demand, like what the the public would think the signal is, right? And the signal of the new NBA is you got to be able to shoot, right? Well, mm-hmm. this guy can't shoot very well. He just took a thirty percent three point shooter. Well, guess what? He's incredible at the rim. Like 63, 64% of the rim. Gets to the line, has a really nice assist rate, has an awesome steal rate. Like, more importantly, he's one of these guys who just effectively wins. And he has a, and like, this is going to sound so stupid, but he's got this like weighty in gravity, and that means Dwayne Wade. He's not Dwayne Wade at all, but what it means is he cuts so actively off ball that it's in the playbook for defenses that like they can't just sag on him because he's just going to cut right behind you so yeah. fast. And he'll just be at the rim. So he has a little bit – he keeps you at him a little bit more than your normal non-shooter. And so I just think he's like this interesting piece. I really was excited for who would get him. There was even like uh, kind of a plan C kind of Philly offseason where I would have liked to have leveraged a, a restricted offer to him. I think he's a good basketball player. Yeah. Um, I think he's got some – like I think he's better than Tyler Johnson, but I think he's got some of what Tyler Johnson – what makes Tyler Johnson good, which is yeah. like – He's a little dirty. Yeah, yeah. He's you know? yeah. He's like the junkyard dog type person. And that's what I mean. I, he's a glue guy. He's a junkyard dog guy. But I actually think in a Dallas system, complimenting guys like Seth, like Seth Gary and complimenting like kind of softies, complimenting, <laughs> yeah. complimenting yeah. some of these Euro players who I like, but like they just are. They're not going to – and like Doncic's not soft. But I'm saying these guys – like my point is this guy's a bulldog. Yeah, and he just—he's a relentless player, and I'm just excited to see him. So he's kind of one of the unique players that I thought of when you mentioned like evolution and different plays. I mean, him with Rick Carlisle makes me really intrigued. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, what I mean. that's but, but, so like, interesting. Him in a smart system and lets him attack and be like, you know, downhill. Like he just—he's yeah. a very fun, smart player, and um, I mean, he's, he's a winner. And I know a, he's older; he's 28 already. But like, he's a winner. He's 28. What? He's 27 or 28? Yeah, wow. he's one because like he, he bounced around. Like, he did. He's one of these guys who, like, I think he was even in the G League or Europe for a minute. Like, he's one of those guys who, like, just got his, his, you know, he's he's a little bit like, uh, like the like the guard wing PJ Tucker a little yep, bit. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, I think he went to Memphis, then to Toronto, then here. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been it's been like a long route, and like, but like, it's kind of cool that somebody like kind of finally one of them. And I just think like it's a good investment. It's a good lesson almost for the Suns too. Like sometimes it's okay to take like a 27, 20 year old if. If it's a three-year restricted deal, you're actually just getting his prime. Yeah. 28-29-30. It's not the worst to gamble. Yeah, exactly. My second one is Mike Connolly in Utah and in contention. So oh, that's awesome. obviously yeah. he has been in contention. Western Conference Finals, right? Western Conference Finals? Or at least second yeah. round. No, um, no, no. They, they, they made the Western Conference Finals with Memphis. Okay. Yeah. They, the grid um, and grind. The, the grid and grind prime was there. Um, and now that he, like, for me, I think the new, what they have now is better for them to advance. Um, I, w- I can't wait to see his leadership because I think he has. I've, I've always been very high on Mike Conley for pretty much his whole career here um, and been, like, higher on him. Love what he brings to the table. Loved uh, the interviews that he's done with Zach Lowe and other people. Um, I just really like him, and I want to see, 
Um, obviously, there's this whole Booker Mitchell thing, which I'm going to ignore for now. Um, but I like that he has Gobert there. I think that he can teach Mitchell a lot of good things. They got Ingles. They got Bogdanovich, the one from Pacers, uh, a Bojan. Um, and so I think they have a lot of cool things going on there. Um, I kind of want to see. I want. I really kind of want to root for them to succeed because uh, I think it's a, just a different way of team building. They, they're bringing him. I think he has the leadership to bring them to the next level. And they're not the two stars. I mean, they have a different, just different makeup than the rest of this West um, set of teams that are just like created in this last couple of months here to they're a little dominate. Weirder. They're yeah. a little weirder and they, they have, I just like what they have there and especially I like what Conley is bringing to the table and I'm excited to see him in a new uh, one where there's no uh, kind of weightiness of the, the grid and grind falling apart slowly um, and there's kind of the youth here um, and I'm glad he doesn't have to sit on a, a non-contender a rebuilding team which it was kind of inevitable, but I'm glad that that's not the case. Um, and I'm really excited to see what his next evolution is, and especially, like I said, the leadership. It's like kind of strange how like unintentionally graceful, and I don't think it was that intentional, but how unintentionally graceful like Memphis and New Orleans both transitioned from these eras, right? The Davis era and then the grit and grind era, like between Gasol and and um Conley, like how they both like became these like they pivoted to these new young entirely revision cores within the matter of like six months or like like for Memphis it was a year yeah but but a calendar year only one calendar year and they went from like oh my god these guys are like in cap hell and they're all like 100 years old to they have they have I can say it now Jaron Jackson Jr. not Jaron Jack <laughs> and and, and and John Morant, and more importantly, like Brandon Clark. Like they have all this like cool, weird stuff, right? And and they're the team who got a first round pick for taking Iguodala. Like yeah. like meaning like what I'm trying to say is these teams re envision themselves so quickly. I just think that's very interesting. A, a caveat to all of this, but I do really love um, again the idea of of Conley on this new stage. Yeah, I think they needed a player with an identity. And I'm not like I like I'm not anti Mitchell because I'm a Simmons fan or like that. Like no, I think Mitchell's fine. But I don't. But I think again, I think it gives them a brain. And what I mean by that was that like at the end of games, they need somebody to decide what's happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers are going to face that this year. Like they're going to have to figure that out. But I think Horford's going to help with that. I think yes. Richardson. They're going to have to do it collectively between all their guys in Philly. But that's still to be figured out. I don't think exactly that's too much of a question mark now in Utah. Yeah. It's going to be running a high pick and roll with. Conley and seeing what the hell happens. Yeah. Like, and like, and don't get me wrong, Mitchell's going to be involved in that action somewhere. I'm not trying to say you displace Mitchell. I'm just trying to say, let's be honest, you're going to empower, like you said, the guy who has seasoned, and like, I don't know, like, I think everybody's going to go build around that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Utah was waiting for that guy who's like, yo, just give me the ball, right? And like, Mitchell is definitely a give me the ball type of guy, but like, I just think. Um, there was too much pressure on him to do everything, and like, there's even an element that's similar to the Booker Mitchell thing. And like, I'm not even comparing them. I know that's like a like a thing that goes on, but what I'm trying to say is that they're both going to move off ball a little bit more, and it's both. I think it's more natural for both of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, they both eat off ball, but I actually think Booker is a little bit better built for that in the sense that he's more to me of the natural, actual shooter, yep. like. <laughs> You know, and I so think we'll see. back to the Grizzlies. I know they, they have similar shooting metrics, but I just think yeah. 
he's the natural catch and shoot guy to me. I mean, we'll he did win the shooting, the three point shooting contest that's easily stuff, without even trying. Stuff he was, like, what I'm trying to say is like his shooting flashed. See, I'm very big on breakout age. Yeah. Like I think like when you do something at an elite level really matters. Like for example, like Matisse Thibault, like like he's a weirdo. He's seen as this like kind of like older kind of sometimes the older and like Brandon Clark's an example too. Like sometimes these guys they come out at 22 or 21, and you're like, oh man, he's older because like analytics don't like that. It doesn't matter as much if, if if your NBA skill flashed very early. Yeah. Because what I'm trying to say is Thibault didn't have the shooting or the scoring or like or like just the sense to play basketball to be an NBA player when he was 19. But he could defend at an NBA level. It was just he's a weirdo. Yeah. Like he was doing and, and same as Clark and so same as like Booker. Booker couldn't really do all the things that they're asking him to do like at a great level at 19. But at 19 he could score 19 or 18 18 years old, he could score 20 points for Kentucky like off of off of a napkin, you could say, "Here's the play." <laughs> yeah, and now he's 22, and he's like, he was he was tied with Kawhi Leonard for scoring last year in points per game, and that was like he was like seventh or something or tenth. Something yeah, like I that. guess I'm just saying it's that crazy. like there's something about breakout age that matters to me, and like Donovan, for example, as much as I like him, his break, he's, I don't think he's as preternatural. Mm-hmm. I, I see that. You know, for the back to the Grizzlies thing, really quick, so we can get because we got to get through these some sure. of these people and get back to the Suns. Um, but I do, I think that, do you think, I think that a grit and grind and di- died when Tony Allen was gone. I think that's kind of how I Tony see Allen, it. Tony Allen, when Zebo left, like the whole thing, but Tony Allen certainly embodied it because Tony Allen's thing was, I'm going to make your life hell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like what Marcus Smart does. And like, as much as like, he's a rival of my team, like I love Marcus Smart. I think he leaves his impression. I hope that's what like. I hope that's what Zayer Smith is, you yeah. know? And I, I can jump into my next guy real quick to transition smoothly, and it would be a guy that I think could be that level of player. I know he's not the same one-on-one defender, um, but Mikhail Bridges. Oh, yeah. Is one of my guys. He's my third guy that I want to mention. And it's just that, like, um, first of all, my dad's a Villanova alum. You know, I'm a Temple guy, but, like, you know, I'm a Philly guy. Like, Nova, no, definitely a Nova fan in the sense that I root for their success. But just seeing his progression and, like, really, like, for that 30 minutes that I thought he was a sixer, um, <laughs> that was really fun. But, like, I, I think you'll find that a lot of Philly fans root for, for Bridges uh-huh. um, because he's a Philly guy and, like, he just – he's good people. Like, there's no – like, there's no – not his fault that we traded him. And <laughs> yeah. um, I just think there's more there and from the rookie year than people are realizing. Like, I know the shot wasn't always there, but, like, I just know that, like, for example, like, I follow fantasy and I write about fantasy for a living, but, like – I look at trends, and there was times in like six week, eight week, even you know month long trends where he was like putting up really goofy splits between blocks, steals, and threes, and like that's kind of what this league's about right now is creating chaos in the passing lanes, creating chaos in the shooting lanes, making things. You know what the new inefficiency is going to be is defending jump shots, and like who are the teams that make it terrible to shoot? And Philly's going to try to do that with the mm-hmm. Thibault Zaire, everybody's six. You know, put it this way. Outside of our two point guards in Philly, like the true point guards, Trey Burke and Neto, uh, the shortest wingspan on the Sixers is 6'11". <laughs> like, that, that's, that's Zaire Smith. He's got the yeah. third shortest wingspan on the Sixers. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is there's this new archetype. It's not just the Sixers. Like, the, 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 the Suns are doing it too. The Suns yep. are long as hell. They really are. I mean, yeah. Uh, Oubre is really long. And so was Bro, Bridges and Aiton. I, I think it's a little bit of a counter to the Suns thing. I know the Suns thing, to the, 
to the space and pace era where it's just like, yo, we need, it's like, it's a copycat league, right? And like Houston, people saw that one Houston team who like just had a bunch of tree branches, right? It was James <laughs> Harden and a bunch of tree branches, right? Put that on a shirt it? right now. What's that? Put that on a shirt right now. James Harden and a bunch of tree branches. That's what it was. It was like, <laughs> let's just like shoot enough to score and then just like throw every branch that we have at Clay and, and, and all the shooters. And it worked. Like, it almost worked. Except really they missed 27 the- threes in a row. I know, I know. And the hamstring and all these things. But, like, what I'm trying to say, philosophically, I think the league actually paid more attention to that than they did to the Warriors. You know why? Because the league isn't, like, stupid enough to think that they're just going to create another Steph Curry or another Clay Thompson. Yeah. But, but they do think they can get plenty of shifty, 3-and-D, weirdo, switchblade defenders. And that's what Mikhail Bridges is. He's a 3, he's a 4, and he's a 4, and he's a 3. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's not a 4. But uh, he's, well, no. he, he needs to get way stronger if he wants to be a 4. Oh, but I, well, well, he can I create now. He can. He's he, Towards the end of the year, he was doing more jumps. Seven, uh, maybe 27-year-old Mikhail is a 4. But okay, like, yeah. Three you're right, you're right. He's just, a, he's just a tree branch right now. He's like 216 pounds right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he he showed a lot of uh, more things. So, like I say on pretty much all the podcasts, I talk about bridges. He's so that, um, smart. <laughs> he is really smart. He anticipates the ball movement a lot, so he gets some of them from that way. But he's also so crafty with his hands that he he in one game I, he took the ball from Durant and Curry on ball, just like standing in front of them. Um, and he he takes that. He uh, also had some pull ups, some like one dribble, two dribble pull ups and stuff, and some floaters that I did not see before. And I basically, for me, he's basically hit his ceiling that we thought of when he was drafted already. And uh, he's playing with Team USA right now. So he is a lot of good. I cannot wait to see his evolution as well. That's a good pick. And, like, people don't talk about him. You know, like, he's not... He's a quiet person, of... yeah. Yeah. So Pretty my awesome. third one, you're going to like this, I think. Uh, it's Jimmy Butler and the Heat culture. Um I am really intrigued to see what Jimmy Butler is on the Heat. Um, it's part in one sense. I think oh, there's very much synergy between how he thinks and how the Heat think. Then again, I think maybe not. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the thing is right. Like there is synergy. I think like they are one of these teams that's still willing to build around Hero Ball, right? Mm-hmm. At least it seems like it, right? Like I know Wade was there, but like yo, I I. Like the Sixers played the Heat last year in 2018, mm-hmm. and they still were finishing games with Wade as hero. Like, I mean, what I mean by that is they still are willing to like live and die on these high isolation, on these like high wire isolation kind of offenses. Beyond um, waiters. Like, yeah, it, it's exactly, and like it's a little bit of hero ball still there, but and I'm just not sure there's enough total talent on the team. But I do really like a lot of the pieces of Miami. Like yeah. just. Like, I don't love Winslow maybe as much, but he's young. You know, like, we're talking about Booker being young, like, so Winslow's 21. But, like, I mean, very different players. But I'm just saying, like, you know, the benefit of being young. Um, same with, you know, same with um, uh, Adebayo. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're interesting, but, like, they're still just – they have too many Jags. And Jag, you know, just a guy. Like, they have too many guys. Like, yep. just, like, too many James Johnsons. You can't you can't get away with paying James Johnson – and Deion Waiters like thirty million dollars, and nobody notices. Yeah, like, the problem. Like and the, there's a difference like level though between uh, the Suns not having any enough guys, and the then the the Heat having all the guys. It's like you can't hide that many wings or that many cheesecakes. Like like there's just too many. <laughs> there's too many. What I'm trying to say is like there's too many bad orders on that team. Yes. Like like 
so I think they're going to be interesting. Like, like, and I do think he does fit Heat culture. But I would actually even think that like the the Pat Riley like over over like you know whatever like stone crab or whatever kind of like Miami type meal they had while yeah. he was convincing Jimmy Butler to join his team on his yacht. I think um, it included this idea that like next summer might be the time that they strike again, mm. like that. And I don't think Jimmy hated that idea. Like, yeah. you know, when you're third, this is your year. And I think Jimmy, let's be honest, bro, like he actively had the opportunity to obviously resign with Philly. And it's not even like a, like a spurned lover thing. I'm just saying, like, he had the opportunity to join something like that was a collective, and he wanted his own show. And yeah. this is it. So he's got his own show. So now I think it is the Jimmy show altogether. And so I agree with you. It'll be interesting. And like, honestly, he hasn't really had his own show before. We think he has, but he hasn't. Yeah. Like. I think he like, likes when Miami he too. Three games in Minnesota, like Colley Towns was there though. He was playing really well, like. And he had like, the was it? What did he have a Wade year in um, Chicago? He had a Wade Rondo year. That was so weird. Oh my gosh. That was weird. Like there was some weird stuff going on, and like really, like he kind of wasn't really of age for and the Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, for for the first run with, with but so he, so here's my next one. Um, uh, Dejounte Murray. Ooh. Um. I just think like like he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind because he was gone for the year with the ACL, which is terrible. He should be back. That's an injury guys come back from. And um, he was all t- all NBA defense, and it was a weird, weird crop like that year. And like being all NBA defense sometimes can be like kind of arbitrary, mm-hmm. you know, like like a plurality. You know what I mean? Like like you're not really the best. You're just like the guy who got the votes. Yeah. But Mary is like a really special attack point of attack defender who can hit some threes. Um, I just think he's exciting. You know, I just he's an exciting player. I know, like Washington. Look, Washington burned the Sixers and the Suns. Okay, you guys get Marquise Chris. We got Marco Foles. We can all cry over it. But I think I think Mary is the husky that matters. I just think this guy might be a star. Yeah, it's that, that's a good one. I mean, I, I'm excited to see. Well, I'm also excited to see their point guard rotation between Murray and uh, Bryn Forbes. And, and Derek White, and Derek White, like what is going to happen? Hills, there? Yeah, it's strange. Okay, but also I cannot, couldn't find it before, but I will never get over that picture of Derek White when he was in like middle school, being oh, like, amazing. like six inches tall, looked like comparing to. Oh, that was so funny. It's like have you ever seen like one of those old like um like the freshman year of Lehigh C.J. McCollum pictures? Yeah, yeah, he's so small. Like, how are you still playing basketball against actual men? Crazy. He looked like he, he was playing D1 basketball, and I swear to God, he looks like he was 15. So. <laughs> okay, so my uh, is it my my fourth one then? Your fourth one. Yeah. Okay, so this is a kind of a combo. Um, it's Karis Levert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie with this Irving, Katie, DeAndre Jordan in tow here. Obviously, KD yeah. isn't coming in, but I'm really some of those are some of my favorite. Like I love uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and and Karis Levert. I want to see what Jared Allen, uh, like what they are I now. Love, I love Karis Levert. I love like. Him. I want Karis Lefer was the man in last February. Like he was yeah. the man in, in, in the, the NBA. In, in, the Philly, in the Philly series, right? You know, he led the first round in points per isolation play. Yeah, and like he was the Just top that. of the NBA for m- part many parts of the last season until he hurt his hurt his ACL and came he back was, for the playoffs. He was the real all star. He was the real all star in the Nets. He, yeah, he's was, their best player. Yeah, that's so true. And so I'm curious to see how he happens with Irving. 
Irving's never been one of my favorite players at all. Um, just, I mean, he's a really good shooter and a really good um, dribbler, but and a really good finisher at the rim too, which is kind of just cool to see. But like as a leader or whatever that means, I'm just really interested to see that. And of course, with him, KD, and and these people uh, next year. But uh, just I want to see kind of the evolution of them now that they're kind of like they've established themselves. They got their contracts a little bit here, at least uh, Dinwiddie and. Levert did right, um, and then Jared yeah. Allen. Uh, he's such a good block shot blocker. He's gonna have to really settle that down, especially with who they got going on there. But him and Levert, and then Dinwiddie also. I'm just really excited to see what they're gonna bring off the bring here. And uh, as someone who kind of is gonna have the uh, hype because of Irving and Katie and DeAndre Jordan, I'm curious to see kind of what that's gonna look like, um, and and in more in more granularly those three players. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting and it's dramatic that like the landscape can change like and let's be honest, like it could be like early April and you can get some like big report that comes out that's like Katie's ready. Yeah, and that's and totally going to happen. And you're, and you're just going to be like, holy lord. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, like, I mean we don't like, know if he's like, actually going to play, but some, something's going to happen where it's going to be a possibility. That is dangerous. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and if he's ready, he's ready. Like, No one knows how that works. It could be a 10-month thing and then he's back. But like, my thing is just, um, I think Levert's restricted next summer too, which is super interesting. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a big decision. But they're going to have the ability to, like, to go deep into the cap for him. Yep. Um, I think they're going to have to. Um, especially because they made them pay their buddy DeAndre Jordan, who's like, you know, not as good as Jared he Allen. Is not <laughs> as good as Jared Allen now, man. Um, like I was watching it, I was like, he is slow. Oh, Jordan. Uh, yes, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's oh. just done. Like he's done. Like it's 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 over. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like because oof. he was such an amazingly rim runner, and like he's still like it. Just so much was about like that. Like Mitchell Robinson is that guy. Now, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so. That's a good lead into my next guy would be Mitchell Robinson. Like I, I was Ooh. thinking about doing Darren Fox, but like he's like too obvious and um, <laughs> he's super fun. But we all know about him, and we'll hear we'll hear plenty of about him with the, with this whole uh, U.S. team. Yeah. But I wanted to sit, talk about uh, Robinson because like I think the Knicks are going to mess it up, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but like he's historically good at stuff. Like so. Um, he had a block percentage of like 14 or 15 percent last year, and what that means is the percentage of two point field goals that he blocked while he was on the floor. And so think about that: he was blocking 13 or 14 percent of the shots that you were putting up there inside the three point line when he was on the floor. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But like, but like, and so the all time percentage before him, and he didn't qualify in minutes, like even a minute or whatever. I don't know, whatever it was, whatever their rules are. But, like, Manute Bowl has the highest one of all time from 1990, which was, like, 13.1% or something. Something ridiculous. Like, which is really ridiculous if you think about what that means. And, um, like, for example, like, a really good assist rate is, like, 25%. But imagine your block rate is 15%. (laughs) And that's what Mitchell Robinson does. Like, he just swats balls away, and he does them in an effective way. He doesn't do them in a way, like, he puts them, like, volleyball style, like, back into the game. Mm -hmm. So, like, they matter. Um... Though I, I will think, say the Knicks are going to mess it up because obviously power forwards is the only thing that matters. Yeah, so if he's a center. Why would no. he get to play? Yeah, though they're going to displace him with like these terrible lineups where Probably like Taj Gibson, Taj Gibson's like teaching him how to like you know balance his checkbook or something. It's like <laughs> can we just like can we just like play him? You know what I mean? And, like, it's going to be the lineup's going to be yeah. Knox and Portis and uh, Knox and Portis, Randall and Taj Gibson. 
and oh my God. and Neil like, Aquino. I know Moody is not even on the team, but he's gonna like Facetime them and tell them what to do. Like <laughs> I know he's on like Denver, but it's like I'm just saying like oh they're just like lost. Like their point guards are Dennis Smith Jr. and and uh, Alfred Payton. Oh my gosh! Oh, I've I mean, yeah. I mean, oh man. <laughs> And I mean, like, look, I'm a Sixers guy, so I've had bad point situations. You're a Suns guy. You know what bad situations are. Like, We had Alfred Payton. Even we can appreciate a bad situation. And like, yeah. But those are my guys. Like, I just think, like, that Mitchell Robinson has this kind of historic kind of weirdness to him. Yeah, he's And he's a really cool story out of the second round. Um, and I just think he's one of these, like, um, he maybe they pay him and he stays there and we never, like, but I just think like there's a possibility that one day like somebody like maxes him out as a restricted, or the Knicks do something stupid. But if this guy ever gets in a place where like where they knew what they were doing, it could be really fun. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, and he like, he just like knows. Like said, for... DeAndre Jordan, like DeAndre Jordan at his best was really cool, and I think like that's what this guy could yeah. be. And DeAndre Jordan is still big, but he's not good. Anyway. Yeah. Um. One thing. So I'll go say my last one, and then we'll. I have one other question. Then we'll do Suns, and then we'll be done. Um, sure. So what is the my thing is what does the next evolution of Jamal Murray look like? That's a good question, right? Because just like the conversation that we're having about Ben Simmons and stuff, and 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 you guys had it last summer with Booker, like you know, once you start getting paid the big bucks, it's like the you know the tone of the conversation changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like like it's less about like your ceiling and more almost more about your floor sometimes too, yep. right? Like very much. Like who are you? Like who are you now? Like um, what can you really do for me? Kind of thing. Uh, and Mary's being paid, obviously, like the real guy. And I, I can't exactly blame them. They didn't really have any wiggle room. Yeah. You know, similarly, though, um, both 18-year-old guys from Kentucky at 18 years old were able to put up 18 to 20 points a night as a bucket. I do think there's something similar to Booker and Mary, only in the sense, like, they're much different size-wise. But something about the fact they're just kind of like, they're buckets. Like, they just can score. They have that and swag for for the ability, the confidence to shoot. They have swagger, shoot. and when they're when they're heat checking and they're going and they're streaky, it's really good. I think both of them need to be able to rely on those and like more more regularly. I think Booker has got more in his bag, way more in his bag, triple wise. But I just think like, and obviously there's different sizes. Yeah. Um, Murray's well, like six I, two. I don't know. He's like six three. Yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't play huge. Yeah, he does. He's he's more like definitely more of a, a troop. Like he's more of like a McCollum type build. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? like yeah, he's for a sure. Smaller dude. But I think that's his model. Is this McCollum model? Mm-hmm. And I think McCollum hit this ceiling where his playmaking doesn't. So you know what? I watch a ton of Denver, but I, what I'd really like to see, and I know he's really young, and McCollum's like you know eight years older than him now. Yeah, but I guess oh my what I'm gosh. What I'm trying to say is McCollum never made the leap. McCollum was also a four-year player. This guy is like a baby. Yeah. You know, like he, like what I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is to compare those two players because they're both thirty million dollar players already. Would be that McCollum never took the leap from an above-average passer to anything else. Like yeah. he made that leap from year three. Year three, McCollum could score. Year four, McCollum could pass. Year five, he could pass and score, and then that was it. Like, yeah. and I'm not like dismissing that. That's important. But there is a plateau level, and I think that's the fear of Mary. And so I want to see more playmaking, more passing, more of the stuff that I think Booker can do because also Booker's bigger and he can, like, see the floor. Yeah. And not to go back to Booker all the time, but I'm saying these are similar kind of prospects is the reason I say it because they're all 22 and 21, and we're kind of expecting – and they're all getting the max dollar. So yeah. um, I just also think, like, like a, 
Ben Simmons, for example, or even uh, like a Booker, because of the way he he uses size. You like for like you need to be able to you need to be able to not be able to score that night and still be able to kick kick somebody's ass. Yep. And I think Mary might be too scoring dependent sometimes, and that's okay. Um, but I'm excited about Mary, but I'm also a little bit. That money, man, that's a lot of money, and like, it's not that I would always pay him that, but I guess what I'm trying to say is now you're married. Yep, you know, yep. like, like, and isn't it funny, like, you, you guys are going to see this quickly, and, and you're seeing it already, because you're kind of already married to your core. In the NBA, you have to marry your core so quickly, man. Like, yeah. you, the Sixers changed their core three times last year, but now they're married. Like, now everybody's <laughs> locked in. It's just kind of crazy how you have to do it. Like, you... You can't really argue against paying Mary the money. You can't argue against paying Booker. You can't argue against paying Simmons, because listen, there's sixty. There's more than sixty max slots in the NBA, right? Every yeah. team has two of them, right? Yep. Well, there's not sixty sixty max players. Nope. So you better you better pay them when you have them. Yep. When you have them, that they're that good. So yeah, I, I definitely think that I'm interested to see because. What's uh, the take on Mary? What's what? Oh, my take on Murray is it's it's about yeah. it's about the team also, but it's it's they're the only one who has continuity pretty much in the whole West. Um, True. And they're and but and they had their test. So like they they tried the playoffs. They they got destroyed um, because they didn't have the they didn't have the the seasoning. They only had they only had um, yeah. the power forward uh, Millsap. Um, yeah, yeah. So then the, so then Murray is here. Jokic does his thing, but Murray needs to take the next level. He was kind of inconsistent. He had the one really good game, and then he just kind of disappeared a little bit. He can fade away. He can fade away. Can so because he is smaller, you can bump him off his spot, kind of. And that's where I say I don't think Booker gets. I don't think Booker fades away ever. But the question is, I think he's trying to get somewhere else, and which is why we'll talk about him in a second. But like sure. Murray, like like I think what's one thing that's kind of bad for them is that Gary Harris isn't what I thought he was going to be. He can't, can't stay on the floor. Yeah, that's you know part of I mean? it too. Like he's, he's, I think that's a huge part of it. Like I just like because because they need their like third real guy. Like they have two of them. And they have like they need a and real like, third guy. It should like, have been him. Like, can you like somehow tr- like make a robot Voltron of like yeah. Malik Beasley and yeah. Gary Harris? Yeah, and then they, uh, like, they have Tory Craig, could, and then could like we give, could we give Gary Harris Malik Beasley's legs? That would be nice. Um, but they also, could, they need maybe maybe it's Michael Porter Jr. See, I tr- see. I don't know if he's ever gonna be healthy, and, that, and that's okay. Like, I, I don't know that, but like, but Gary Harris, same guy. I don't know if he's gonna be healthy, but like, here's the thing with Gary Harris. When he is really healthy, I do trust the player that he is. Yeah. Like he's a really good player when he's healthy. But even like when we're trying to say the last couple of years, like he's not reliable, I just don't think he's ever been healthy, man. Like Yeah, that's true. He, he has these like terrible weird things like no not weird. I, I'm not trying to say but like he's got like groins pulls yeah. and the small things. It's not like tearing your ACL. Um so yeah, for Murray they, though they never, it's they never they never heal. Yeah, for Murray it's more of the I'm just curious to see what that's going to be like? Is he going to be? Is he going to like? Um, Why kind can't of... they make other guys better? Like honestly, it sounds crazy, but like Jokic already does it. But they need that next level playmaker. Yeah. Like it, like they need him to be more of a a Jimmy Butler. It sounds not a Jimmy Butler, but like but like a guy, like, a, like like here's the here's the here's the ball. Get me a bucket or get me a a, a great open pass. And Jokic because it can't be it can't be Joker all the time. It, yeah. it can't be. And Jokic also needs to maul more. He like like I they played the Suns and he had a almost a exactly perfect triple double and there was no we had no chance but like he needs to do that more often because he does also disappear in a sense uh, which is why probably he couldn't like stay in the MVP conversation for real um, so I want him I want to because I, I know it's in him his conditioning has to get there it yep. does and like that's like kind of an Embiid thing too like and I, 
But like I saw, so I, I flew to Denver like just for like a like a two day trip from Philly, just like like straight up, which like six in the morning, got there, went to the Sixers Denver game that night. Now that that day was terrible because they like they like called they they ruled out Jimmy Butler and um, Embiid. Oh my god! So it was like this like it was like this like graveyard crew that was like it was like Ben Simmons and like the cast of like a, a, of a sitcom like playing the, the, like the Nuggets, <laughs> but like but like Jokic literally threw the six like it was like a Mir Johnson and like you know what I mean like yeah. and like and I swear to God though like. Jokic just like destroyed them. He had, like tw- I, I, I'm making, I'm making this up, but it's probably not that off. It was like he had, like 24, 15, and 15 or something. Yeah. It was just like he just like threw everybody around the building, and it was a really fun game. And like the NBA is in an incredible place, and like a guy like Aiton has an incredible challenge ahead of him with all these guys. But like he can do it. That's not a bad thing. So I, mean, I said I this. I said something like, "We'll transition to some sun stuff here." Yeah. I um. Here's I'm gonna throw something at you. It's my hot take for the for the year. It's my hot take. Sure. I've said it, and it's more of a hot take now, and we won't know for about ten years. I think that Aiton could be better than Embiid when it's all said and done. What do you think? Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. I think he's a more fluid athlete. We'll see what happens though. Well, in the history of basketball, and I'm not being a I'm not being a turd. Yeah. But in the, in the history of basketball. Like, great defensive players, like, they show up right away. And, like, great centers have to be great defensive players. Yeah. Like, there's just not really a history of great centers being not great defenders. I mean, I will say, though, that he defended Giannis and LeBron in back-to-back games almost perfectly. (laughs) But, like, let's talk about about what you really see, like, the bigger picture. Like, he's a good player, but, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, and, again, I'm not being cocky. Yeah. Saying like Embiid from the second he stepped on the floor had preternatural defensive skills. Okay. And he was a plus ninety one in ninety minutes against the against the or whatever it was one hundred forty eight yeah. minutes against against the Raptors. That's he was a plus ninety one against the champion in seven games. That's so crazy. Yeah, for me but it's more it's just a athlete thing. And... Things, but like, I also think it gets lost on people that he's also like twenty five. Yeah, twenty six. Like he's, I, I hear you. That's not a like, yo. I'm not gonna poop on the take. It's like not terrible. There's a, there is a path for him to be better, and it's to be consistently better every year, and mm-hmm. to be this like, to be this like twenty five and twelve just monster. To be David Robinson. I mean, he already was sixteen yeah. and ten. Yes, he, can, but he has to get to that defensive yes. athletic level. He's got to get to the defensive athletic level. Like, yeah. like I think and, and I know there. he might be more fluid of all these things than an athlete, but like what I'm trying to say is like, if you ever want to Google Joel Embiid's or look up Joel Embiid's like athleticism. Look up his block on Kyrie Irving this year. Yeah, he has he has like, some good things. I just think he's fallen down more times than I've seen other players. Oh, no, fall. that's amazing. I got you, but like he can fall down and get back up somehow. I don't know how he does it. But, like, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Um, so back know, to the general sun he's stuff. Like he's like the third best rim protector in the world. Yeah, and like um, I think that matters. You I mean, do. ever? I, think when it comes down to, I think the way that the modern center is going to live is that he has to protect the rim. Yeah. Who's so? Who's the other but, two? Uh, Rudy Gobert is ridiculous, and I just think Miles Turner gets to the rim at the point of attack like faster than anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of general Sun stuff, the Suns now have like NBA players. It's kind of fun. Um, I'm excited yeah. for we kind of talked about it. The general stuff. Do you th- how what percentage chance do they have of making the playoffs? Do you think? I think it's low, but curious. It's very low. It's really low. 
extremely low. Because there's only there's only six good there's only six good really good teams in the in the in the West. It's not only though. I mean, there's a lot. Of I know. I know. I know. I'm just curious what you're picking mean, number. Let me just look. I'm gonna look at the West Conference really quick. Just look at it real quick. Cause like, I mean, I know the West Conference, but I have to see it just to be Me like, too. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm looking to be like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> nah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, um, Clippers, Lakers are all above. Yep. There's still a spot or two. <laughs> right, but then I didn't even include the Warriors. I didn't include the Spurs or and like even the Thunder with like Chris Paul and stuff aren't like that garbage. Yeah, like, that's true. I not. I think it's like five or ten so percent. So it's no no no. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna say somewhere in that like seven to ten percent range. It's gonna require no. You know what though? Like they're gonna have to be like the Kings last year, but just more flirty. Like because yeah. like there's not as much room as there is for the Kings, and yeah. I think the Kings take a little bit of a step back because yeah, this, this West is a. <laughs> Yeah, there's more good teams, but I think there's there's a chance to sneak in because there's a little bit of um, consolidation I just of think the talent. Like there's traffic right now with with Phoenix, with with New Orleans, Dallas, yes. Sacramento. I think you guys are all in a pack together. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see Ricky Rubio and come here. And Minnesota, like like who could come out of? It? Ugh. They have no. What do you mean? Like, they have talent. I mean, like I, I know yeah. they're gross, but like I know Wiggins is gross, but like. I actually like Cat a lot. I like, like a I lot. love Cat a lot, but I think it's just Cat now. <laughs> um, yeah, Covington and yeah, I like, and Co- I like Covington. I, I like Culver a lot. Um, actually, I, I think, well, and I think in January, I think they're going to get D'Angelo. Mm, that'd be interesting. I, I like think that. that happens. But then the Warriors, oh, I guess the, just well, I like think the a, Warriors are going to get Covington and Caverly. Like they're going to like get a little like a pick and, and Covington. I like that. I like that for both teams. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about Rubio. I'm excited about Ubre. I was so happy when they got Ubre again. He's the first person I wanted them to resign. He's also super young. Like since, he's one of these guys that people don't realize is like a baby. He's like what 23, 22? Yeah, 23. Yeah. And so he's and he he when he made them he made them so good when he was playing there. And then they just have they have Tyler Johnson, but he's like the backup now instead of like the only point guard. He's the backup point guard. Um, and then they have they have Booker doing his thing and Bridges and Aiton and Aaron Baines and Dario Saric. Um, somehow Frank Kaminsky, I don't. That's fine. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's so weird that he's there. I know. And then Cameron Johnson. They we haven't talked about their rookie at all yet. The best shooter in the draft. Um, and we'll see what he is. I'm just glad that they can like just have him not over overdo him. I've always thought that there's there is something to overdoing rookies, except for a handful every year. And I think the Suns have overdone a lot of their rookies, and it's caused you mean too many rookies. Like, um, too many rookies and too much pressure, too much um, playing, not leverage. too much playing time, too much leverage for sure. Um, I think yeah. that's been a detrimental detriment to them. Obviously, it doesn't affect everybody because Booker can't did it because only a certain crop of them can handle a certain amount of uh, leverage, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of uh, weight on their shoulders. And I think Booker can, was able to get past it, but Chris and Bender, etc. Len couldn't uh, Josh Jackson Archie Goodwin I'm just like I've said like all the draft picks for the last 10 years um, couldn't do it so that's so that's 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 part of it there I'm excited about that I'm just really excited about this team I'm excited to watch Suns basketball again I really I want to excited to watch basketball at all again it's gonna be so fun yeah it's it, like we said it's like this is the desert like, we have parity we have parity though we're so thirsty like 
show me some preseason tape. You know? Oh man, so excited! So, show me, show me Booker shooting and show me like the, the USA team practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. show me anything. Anything. But you know, it's a good time of year. But I think like it is a litmus test year for the Suns because like I think honestly we haven't talked about it enough. Like just like uh, having like an identity as a coach really matters and yeah. like I know there's been guys before and like no no disparagement to the guys they've brought in before but like Monty Williams like isn't going to be pushed off his spot like, like he's going to ha- establish his culture yes and we use that word too much in sports and stuff but like being a Sixers fan like the Brett Brown thing does matter like I know he might not always be the best X's and, X's and O's coach but like he reminds me a lot of Charlie Manuel from the Phillies like in the sense that like his guys play for him yes and and, and they play for him, and they buy into his style too. Yeah, and like that was part of the thing with Jimmy. Like Jimmy didn't fully buy in, and like it wasn't as much about like you have to fall in line with coach. It was more just like that they need guys to buy in, no matter who the coach is. Yeah, like that's the way the system's going to work because it's very Spursian. And I think there's something about Monty Williams that he he's from the Spurs too. Yeah, and I just think there's something, and not to say that everything comes from the Spurs, but I do think coaching models matter. Yes. And I think, like, the spur-of-the-moment shit that was happening, or stuff, I'm sorry, that was happening before with, like, Earl <laughs> Watson and, um, and like, when you guys were trying out, like, who you were, I just think that, like, Williams is going to kind of center the gravity a little bit, and it's going to matter. I and, just... Having James I think, Jones... I think more of an identity. Having James know? Jones in as the GM, staying as the GM, it seems like he's doing a good job so far. Booker is, has his extension. He's the centerpiece. Aiton's not a rookie. Bridges isn't a rookie. Um, they have, have a double the have actual a double the actual veterans. No, no, yeah, that's what I mean. But like, what I'm trying to say is like, we saw it in Philly. Like, by like a month in, you kind of have a feel. Like even sooner than that, but you have a feel for who they are. Like, yeah. you know what I mean by that? It's like the way they win. Like, who's the cop and who's this? And like, you have a little bit of an edge. And yeah. like. And, like, that's what these Philly teams play like. That's what, like, Monty Williams is going to play like. That's what the Spurs play like. That's what, like, the, that's what, like a good Rick Carlisle, like a good Rick Carlisle team plays like. Yeah. like t- t- tough shooters. And yeah. what that means is, like, you can do a little bit of both. Like, and I don't know. I like mm-hmm. it. Like, you guys have a little bit of toughness to you. Like, even Tyler Johnson, there's a little yeah. bit of bully. I like that. Um, how many wins do you think they have if they don't make the playoffs? Well, since they won't make the playoffs. I think they could be one of these teams that's like actually pretty good though and doesn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. almost like one of these like Dallas teams the last couple of like years. 38? Like, like not last year, but like one of these like thirty seven, thirty six win teams yeah. where you're like, damn, you know, and you guys might even as fans might be like, damn, remember those like couple games we lost in like February? Yeah. Like like it might come down to that. Like mm-hmm. it might come down to feeling that way. But like you know, I think not to set like a bar to the Kings, but if you guys have a Kings type season where you're flirting all year and you're really in the conversation, and, like, you matter. Like, I think that matters. That's momentum. Like, you that, need that, yeah. The West just is such a, a bloodbath yeah. that, like, there is, is going to be a seed change. And, like, Booker's going to need to feel it and see it, and Aiden's going to need to do it and feel it and see it. But, like, the good part is it's on them. It's not on anybody else. Yeah. Like, and not in a bad way. I'm saying, like... There's going to be a lot less blowouts. Yeah, well, they're empowered, and I just think it's good to empower young stars. And I think some of the chaos of Sarver and... And the noise from above is going to be quieted because I think Monty Williams is going to be an effective kind of voice. Yes. And I think that I think that's the most underrated thing that Suns have going for them, besides all the personnel stuff, mm-hmm. is is like a leader. Like, and Booker's going to have somebody that he's going to like listen to and shit. And like, not that he wasn't listening. I don't know you guys. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, 
I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I, I very much do. It's, it's going to be important to have like um, a game plan and like a culture. And I don't know. You guys, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that Dario's going to be happy somewhere too. Yes, like, sad Dario good. was killing me. It and, was. Yeah. And it was. like happy Dario is going to be so much more fun. He's a really <laughs> fun player. He, he's honestly his best way to use him to put him in perspective is when he's going to be like a second unit playmaker. Like yep. when. When Rubio's out, he can even be in moments where, like, honestly, where Booker is even used to running off ball again. And, like, Dario can do this goofy stuff where he's a little bit of a point guard. Like, he'll have games where he'll have five or six assists. Wow. That's going to be impressive. That's going to be fun to watch. The last question that I just keep forgetting to add in here is we mentioned uh, the Grizzlies and the, and, the, uh, and the Pelicans. And somehow we didn't talk about the Pelicans at all almost, um, which is fine, which is good. Um, that was a good <laughs> but uh, I'm curious here. I think that the 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 Grizzlies are going to be terrible. Like I think I love John Morant yeah. and I love Jaron Jackson Jr. But they're going to be real they, bad. Is it, top, is it top five protected or three protected this year? Whatever it is, like, like they that. want that pick. Yeah, they want that pick. So they're going to be bad. And I think that the I think the Pelicans will be a lot better than the Grizzlies, but also pretty not not good in a sense. They got just too many young players. But I like Drew, I love Drew Holiday. I was I was hoping the Suns would get Drew Holiday for so long. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't move him, but I guess they're trying to do both. Like, yeah. They need one veteran that's really good still. Well, Favors was a big pickup for them on the low. I forgot was, they got Favors. That's right. That's a, and that's actually my one counter to the Utah thing. I love Utah, but like my one counter is that, like, I'm not exactly sure that I love, like, their non-starters. Go, go bear bigs. I mean, they just don't have any forwards. Like, like who's their wing? You need to call the Knicks. Who's guarding a wing, though? You know what I mean? Like, who's, who's going to, like, Don, Donovan Mitchell? Ingles is, Ingles is a good defender, but, like, is he going to handle the, the Clipper, LeBron or the Clippers? Nope. Like, we'll, we'll well, see. Well. Maybe it will. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, this... I don't, I don't want Jazz Twitter coming after me, so maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Anyway, this was fantastic, Jimmy. I'm so happy. Why don't you uh, follow Jimmy uh, at, at Jimmy underscore, the underscore bear in here? What's the yeah. Twitter? At underscore Jimmy McCormick. There we go. Um, and follow me at Eric underscore star. Thank you so much, Jimmy. This was great. I always love talking to you about basketball. Um, and we'll, uh, I'm going to put this out today, and we'll uh, see you all later. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank you.